0: Welcome everybody to another raunchy and stirring and whimsical look at reality. This is Howlin' with the Wolf with your host, me, Jason Wolf, the one-man podcast for everyone except the people I'm about to talk about. What the fuck is wrong with women and why are they so damn disagreeable about absolutely everything? On this episode, we hate on women. You know, for the armchair psychiatrists here... Uh, you could just go through my podcasts and you can already pick out a lot of the self-absorbed problems I have with uh, being quote-unquote broken with the bunny ears you can't see me doing it in the midair, uh, having to deal with a lot of bad relationships, being used and abused, growing up in a, a single-parent household. There's got to be some, what do they call it, Oedipus problem, Freudian problem, something, whatever people want to say. Well, I don't think it's just me. I really don't. I don't understand why women have to be so disagreeable. In fact, actually, let's be inclusive here. Let's not just break this down to a gender. Let's actually just say feminine people. That way, if you duct tape your dick between your thighs and walk around like Buffalo Bill saying "hard fuck me, hard fuck me hard," that maybe you're disagreeable too. I don't get it. I really don't. So we're going to go through a couple of topics here, but let me just tell you about today, just today. Uh, Now, this is going to be weeks after this event or these events have happened that you'll be hearing them. So hopefully these things have calmed down. But in general, I've spoken about some of the problems I've had with uh, doing designs, in the very rare instances where people aren't happy, and in general, the one time that I find myself having the most problem is when I'm dealing with women or feminine-natured people. And today, for instance, I've had two I'm designing a bunch of new shirts for people. and uh, it, it, you know I'll just say it. it's for a band, I won't name who. Uh, and it's a handful of things that I want to do, and and this person is coming up with a list of stuff for me to correct before the design is even started, and I more or less blow it off because consultation is part of the fees that I charge, so I can't just do a back and forth for free, even if no, it is a friend, um, and I hope people understand that. You know, if we're out having a beer and you want to shoot the shit and we're going over design ideas, then absolutely. You know what? Fine. Fuck it. I'm drunk. We're drunk. We're having fun, having beer and nachos or some wings whatever. That's fine. We could shop talk all we want, brainstorm, bounce back and forth. But when I'm already dealing with other clients and other problems that have paid for things, they get my time as far as the back and forth goes. So when someone comes to me and approaches me and says, hey... I need you to do a couple more logos for me. Just come up with a a bunch of designs and I'll pick which ones I like. That don't fly with me. Uh, If you have an idea, that could be something we can go off of. That could be, uh, say, I want you to do this in this style. Even generically speaking, give me a direction. You are art director when you hire an artist or a designer, uh, when you commission something. But part of the problem with being an, uh, an unprofessional or an amateur art director, as it were, is you don't understand the ramifications of each of your edits and your redos. So generally speaking, the, the rule of thumb with these things is you get two revisions off of your idea. And women always, 99% of the time, if you do a design too quick, it's never right the first time. If you have an idea and you give them two or three, they want to see just one more just so that they could say that they got their work out of you. And that's irritating as fuck. I mean, how many jokes are out there if the food just isn't right, you're going to let your wife do the talking for you and she's going to get a free meal for the whole family or next three times you show up. And... Every time I have a a male customer, they come to me because they know the product that I have. They know what I produce. And I usually nail it the very first time. And I can't seriously think that it's because I'm intimidating. And they just go, oh, yeah, that's perfect. And then you know, secretly they're like, eh, it kind of wasn't perfect. Because I would imagine if somebody had an alteration, they would tell me. Now, if you're generally not happy with the design, you either didn't describe it well to me, or I'm just not psychic enough for you to come up with it. And I mean, you know, we've had these problems before where somebody wants me to draw them as fat Kenny Omega, and they don't look anything like Kenny Omega. But hey, you know, we're gonna put the bobblehead effect on there. Or someone draw their hair under a hat that I haven't seen. They're just gonna hope that I get it right, or whatnot. Well, this brings me now to person two of the day who requested a uh, a family business logo that knew me through my wrestling work, knew what type of work I was doing, and know that I either do cartoony or digitally inked realistic style. And they wanted a picture of their child as the mascot for this company. And when somebody wants a... Uh, a design revolving around a, a realistic expression or a realistic person, they're going to want it to look like that, obviously. So I am assuming right off the bat, if you're sending me pictures of a person, you want it to resemble that person. So I did the work, finished it, they loved it, and then the guy asked his wife. And the wife's like, well, it doesn't really look like her. It doesn't really look like the kid. okay, How do we fix that? I want to know what you think you see that's wrong with it because you see yourself and your children and your life differently than other people would see it. Some people don't realize that they're 400 pounds and still think they look like Britney Spears. You tell me how you see yourself, Ben Stiller. Okay? And I say that because I had somebody who really desperately wanted me to draw them as that character when I had no idea that's what they were going for. I thought the duck lips was what they were going for but apparently it was the zoolander pose i i I don't know you have to explain these things to me because i'm not psychic i I don't know so that's fine so i redid it in a toonie style and the secret on that side is after i digitally inked it which is more or less uh you know tracing is the bad word like telling a wrestler that wrestling is fake uh digitally inking is not tracing what it is is the same thing that uh professional artists decades have done even in uh, romantic era times they had a device where they would peer through a spectacle that would allow them to see the image in front of them retracted down onto the paper below them so that they can in a sense digitally trace or ink or back then traditionally trace an in ink on a piece of paper. Uh, look at the da vinci device it's it 's actually pretty unique. I just found out about this myself, and now it makes sense how a lot of these things and artists were a little more realistic versus people in Egypt who had claws for hands and cat eyes all the time um, so obviously if you didn 't like the realistic style and you wanted a resemblance of your kid you 're going to get a cartoony style. So what I had done is I had erased the digitally inked parts and in the same areas where You know, how a caricature works is you basically position the eyes the correct distance apart that they appear in a real photo. You just stylize them a little more. And, you know, this particular kid has a small mouth, a little, I mean, it's a baby. They all look the same to me. But you find the little things like the bright blue eyes, the little eyelashes, or, you know, they've all got the same damn tiny nose, chub, chin, and tiny ass mouth. But I did it in the areas where the mouths and the eyes actually were. So it was basically a stylized version of that. And then the revision came back on that. That, well, it doesn't really look like my kid anymore. And now she doesn't really look like she's loving life. Now I'm getting a second picture. And it's completely different than the ones they sent me. I I don't know what your kid smiles like. I don't know what the laugh lines are going to look like unless you send me a picture of that kid laughing. Unless you just want me to draw a generic-ass baby, that's fine. But that's not what happened. Um, And the client looks at it, and I can tell he's asking his wife because he opens the message. I can see the message has been read. Half hour, nothing. Hour, nothing. And then it comes back like 20 minutes later. Yeah, we don't... Oh, there it is, we. Meaning my wife told me I had to tell you It's still not right. So here's a picture. I'm willing to pay. Well, guess what, motherfucker? Yeah, you are. Because after two revisions, I've already redrawn this face twice and even made the mouth bigger. There was a third revision I threw in there for free. So now you want a bigger, brighter eyes and a bigger mouth. When your kid doesn't have that, obviously it's not going to look like your kid anymore. And this new picture is going to require a complete redraw where I've got to erase the face and the head again, which you don't understand. Once, this is why I usually never color anything until the inks or the pencils are approved, because then you have to redraw all the color lines. So the eyes, where the whites are, if you change the shape of the eye, you can't just draw new eyes. You have to erase those and recolor so that you get where the new eyes are. And I hope that makes sense. If you're coloring in a coloring book and you got your peach thing out there and you're coloring all around the eyes and you leave the open spot white where the eyes are, then all of a sudden you decide the artist is going to somehow take the black lines away and redraw the eyes. You're like, well, fuck, I already colored it. Now what do I do? So that's where we're at now. And, you know, again, I can't see what's in your mind, and some people aren't really good at describing those things, which is why they go to a trusted artist, because generally we tend to be psychic, and we do tend to miraculously draw exactly what you had in mind, and it baffles most of us when we don't hit that. Then it comes to a manager, a speak-to-the-manager moment, where I have to now talk as a manager and say, look... We've already exhausted our revisions. You have choice A, which you didn't like. We went to choice B, which you also didn't like. And now you want choice A again, but just with a different pose. Now you're asking for a third picture. Now the reason we charge for revisions and stop these things from happening is because I had a douchebag in Jersey who owns a uh, toy collectible shop uh, that uses all of my revisions. And he had an artist finish some of my sketches that I sent him. So for the price of one drawing that he only paid $40 for, he got a logo, a banner, three variations. I mean, it just absolutely appalls me every time I see this guy. And, And he obviously knows that people know that he can't draw. He didn't do these things himself. And everybody knows I did the logos for him. But he's now erased my signature from it and won't tell anyone about it even though he's blowing smoke up my ass saying I was the greatest thing and better than the other artists that they whatever it's all bullshit he's a car salesman Uh, that's that's just how they are so anyway back to women being disagreeable Uh, there are instances where guys are disagreeable but they're a little more um, I don't want to say feminine but they're a little more concerned with their looks like the Zoolander guy or the shop owner who's just a seedy, underhanded bitch that wants extra work for free. And uh, the other one, which I'm not sure if I've ever brought up, uh, maybe privately but not on the the podcast, I've complained that uh, about the infamous Tabasco <laughs> scene, you know, where a, a couple wanted to be drawn for their wedding and then said, well, you know, my wife looks like a man. I was like, I'm sorry, have you looked at her lately? <laughs> and then, I don't know what else to say. You know, if fat people don't want to be drawn fat, you should probably say that. I I, I don't know how else to say that. So needless to say, if I've ever had to refund money to someone, they're on my blacklist and they don't ever get work for me again. Um, And that's where a lot of these clients go once they are disagreeable or it's someone that I I just don't want to work with. That's the glory of being a self-employed independent artist is I don't have to work with anyone. I don't have anybody over my head, not even the government, telling me who I have to draw for Uh, because it's a waste of time. It's obviously not going to work out. You saw something else that you didn't like. Why don't you put it through a Photoshop filter app and uh, see if that can do better than a real artist could. So back to instance number one what happens with a lot of these things is women just want to get their money's worth out of anything you know and i understand that i i understand wanting to get my money's worth to an extent but it's a relief when certain people do their jobs so well that they sort of price things cheaper for you because they know it's going to be a real banger just a real easy one to get out and get done and that's not what happens you know, usually I can nail a Word logo in probably 20 minutes to a half an hour. You may have paid 40 to 50 bucks for that, and you may think that that deserves an hour and a half worth of work, but I charge you accordingly because I know all I'm going to do is hit the down button once I've selected the Word on my 250 different fonts and find which one works better. And one of the problems I had when I worked in the custom shirt shop right out of high school and in college, was I found that people wanted to stand by the computer because they are amazed how artists and digital graphic designers work. They just want to see every option in case there's a better one out there. And that's what I find women want to do. It's like them shopping for dresses. Ah, oh, I want to see this one. Well, maybe this one with this hat. Well, maybe these shoes would work better. No, that's not what happens when you're working with an artist. Um, you're paying for the time. And you're going to pay for more revisions. So... It's just real irritating, especially when you know you've nailed, absolutely nailed a design. Now, how I know I nailed a design, I'm not just Barry Horowitz and patting myself on the back. I'm sneaky and a little bit devious. I sent the images to the bandmates that I'm doing these logos for. And each of them said it was, they're great. Love them. Absolutely love them. Because I know the bandmates. I know what they want. But this particular woman decides she just wants to be the business manager and has to have the final say on what works and what doesn't work. And she just wants to be a boss. You ever have those supervisors and those managers at your job that their only job is to nitpick and to micromanage? A lot of people think they can do that with artists. You try doing that to your tattoo artist. Now, that's a funny thing. I don't know many tattoo artists who have come to me and said, yeah, this lady kept wanting all these revisions, and then, you know, when it was done, they said they wanted to change it. Because guess what? It's fucking permanent. You better make sure it's good before you stick it. And they don't understand it. They think it's just a control Z when you uh, have to deal with things digitally. And that undo anything that you've already done. Not realizing if you redraw this kid now is going to take me another twenty to thirty minutes, that's doubling the time that I had planned and sectioned off to work on this design. Now the band gig was paid for and out of the kindness of my heart, I decided to throw out four or five designs as opposed to just the one that I charged them for because I know this particular person is generally disagreeable and wants to see a few options, and it's already starting to come back that, you know, well, this one works with this, but can I see this with this element and this over here and whatnot, and it's it's gonna be a disaster because that's the way it was last time. And they don't understand. I mean, I've had the argument before where this doesn't work with my printer because they have to have an AI Illustrator file, and you only work with PNGs, and I have to explain to them that maybe they need to update their uh system and be more uh direct to garment printing style uh you know it's just all women always every single time it's always been women Uh, you know and it's not even with design work it's generally just in general all right so let me uh, have a swig of beer collect my thoughts and uh, let's get back into section two About the relationships, I just I don't see how you guys do it. Now, the point of this next uh, section, I hope, isn't going to uh, ruin any relationships. Um, because I don't think a lot of people realize what their partners and their women are doing to them, and this is why I'm I'm single now, is because I got tired of the bullshit. Uh, One of the biggest complaints i have with women and uh, you know i'll just i'll throw this out there right there i hate women so much i'd be gay if i didn't love vagina that's probably the most awkward statement i could ever make but i don't like guys i can't rub five o'clock shadow hedgehogs all damn day like it's just that's not my thing so i like boobs i like giner and a nice butt that don't have hair on it like mine does So I like women as far as what I'm attracted to, but I absolutely hate them. They're the worst pets I've ever had. They're loud. They're noisy. They smell. They're expensive. They have excuses for everything. They tell you what you can and can't do. They run your life. They have uh, contingencies for everything and they're protected above all else. And it just makes me sick. Guys, Males, we have zero say in anything ever, and that's a shame. How many guys out there, especially ones that are collectors, have to ask their wife before they buy something? Is that fair? It's your money. You made the money. Why can't she make her own damn money? Is this how your life goes? Does she get to tell you how you get to spend your money? I've seen older married couples that are like that, where... The woman runs the household where she takes all of the money, divvies out everything for the bills and food and expenditures, and then almost in a sense gives the husband an allowance. Now imagine being the only one working and you get an allowance of your own money. I'm sorry. First of all, the government's already doing that. The government's already taking a good chunk of your money just to say, Here, you can have this. That overtime you worked? Yeah, no. We're going to take most of that, and we'll give you a little bit more. I still, to this day, will never understand how, with as much as I was making with security and bartending and everything, I'd work a 40-hour week and get, say, a $785 paycheck by the end of the week. I'd work 16 hours of overtime, and I'd get $816. Wait a minute. Shouldn't I get like $950 for all that overtime? No, because of the higher tax bracket, the government's gonna take more for you working. So that's when I started saying, no, I'm not doing the overtime because overtime doesn't make sense. And I don't know why other people don't open their eyes. And what do jobs and women in the government hold over you that make you succumb to their will? Why do you just say, yes, dear, tuck your dick between your legs, lower your puppy dog ears, and just go back to your menial existence? Take back the damn sweater. Take back the sheets. Put a body pillow in between the two of you the next time her fucking cold ass feet slide under your ass in the middle of the night. Take back your life. I I don't understand how people do it. How do you tolerate each other? I, I even have couples and people that have been together, even not married, but they've been together for, you know, five, seven years. And I'm like, how do you do it? How do you tolerate each other? I understand the little things. There There is a certain give and take. You know, you really can't help how a person snores or if they fart in their sleep or, if they cry when a soldier comes home in a movie or when a dog dies in a show or they've had a bad day and they just let it, I mean, those are emotions. Those are things that's just going to happen. But The things you can control are, I had a dream that you cheated on me. We're not having sex today. What the fuck? Really? Like, backhand that person with a pillow for even thinking something like that. Like that's fucking stupid. Um, and I've had that happen. I've had several women and half of them are, uh, you know, couch surfing bar bunny types, uh, groupies, ring rats, whatever you want to call them. Every group and every job has their own nickname for the sluts that hang around there. Um, I've had them, even in their sleep, just, they'll talk, they'll say stupid things, and then I confront them on it in the morning, they're like, I wasn't dreaming that. I was like, yeah, but I heard you talk about it. Well, subconsciously, you may not remember it, but then why are you mad at me all day for something that you don't remember that apparently didn't happen? I, I just, I don't, I don't get it. You know, and, and dating, uh, I will go through plenty of fish or Tinder or, and have gone through that. I just do it more for entertainment now, but I've gone through all these things where it says I, I won't fuck until like the third date. Cause I don't want to feel a slut. Those are usually the ones you take home and bang the first night. They just, for their clear conscience, they want to tell you they're not going to fuck on the first date, but they are, they do, but they want to have that power over you and they want to tell you what you can do. I'm sorry. You have needs too. Her bean might be thumping with a little flicker in of love when she sees you in your moose knuckle and your uh, gray sweatpants, but if and she can jump your bones and that's fine. But if she's undressing or getting ready for work, and all of a sudden the moose knuckle starts expanding into the old candy cane and you want her to lick a stick, oh no,, oh, I don't do that. No, I'm sorry, I can't do that. Oh, but you want it when it's good for you, but now we can't have it when it's good for us. I mean, libidos of different people are go on and off at different times. I, I understand that, but you know, I, I don't <laughs> I don't understand how women think they're the ones that get to decide just because they're the ones getting penetrated. Uh, and it brought up a real good conversation. I had the conversation with, uh, working girls and hookers that I used to work with at the money ranch and then, uh, with bartenders and everything in who fucks, who is it a matter of who's on top, who penetrates, who, who comes first? How do you decide who is the fucky and who is the fucker? I mean, that's a big conversation. And think about that. You talk to your guys. Oh, I fucked this chick last night. Does that mean you just pile-drived her, pounded her, and, you know, got off in two-pump chump, and that was it, so you fucked her. And what's she going to tell her girlfriends? Yeah, I got fucked last night. But if she was the one on top, grinding your ass, reverse cowgirl style, and she came all over the place, said she was a squirter, and actually just pissed on you, that's happened to me before, if you listen to that podcast, uh, she will say that she fucked you. So, I just... Humans, they're deceitful, they exaggerate, and they take advantage of each other. I just don't get it. Now, the next section is the dreaded mother-in-law syndrome. I've watched several of these shows. I won't lie. I usually tend to like the -the small-town what-the-fucks, where it's usually a rider disappearing into a town, and they're all a bunch of serial killers and... Uh, or what not you know secret window or I love stalker movies like you uh on Netflix, which I think is hysterical that every time uh you talk about it i mean it's it's hard not to sound like a stalker when you reference the show, like, hey, have you been watching you? Oh, I watched you last night, loved that scene about you i mean this is it's hysterical, but anyway. I was watching a show last night. I think it was Ghost Whisperer. Um, and it was the only thing I could find to watch because I'm sick of not being able to watch attractive people because, let's face it, they only cater to this generation. If you're not ethnic or homosexual, they don't produce TV for you. So me as a straight white guy that hates women but still wants to dog a few every now and then, I got nothing to watch on TV, so what am I going to do? I'm going to watch Jennifer Love Huge Tits. And uh, so I'm watching Ghost Whisperer, and the dreaded mother-in-law comes over she isn't quite sure that this woman is good enough for her son because mothers never think that any woman is good enough for their son which i mean that's even happened to me i probably got rid of a few relationships because i thought they weren't good enough and turned out it was better than the other ones that were supposedly good enough but anyway uh, she comes in changes the household, redoes everything, tells them everything that they're doing wrong. I mean, what's that progressive commercial where the ants come over? Like, we've got a great house, but we've got ants. And then there's this bitch in the kitchen, expired, expired. You're slouching. It's a pretty big house. You think you could take care of it? Shut the fuck up. Why does it seem like that is acceptable? And why do you allow this to happen? First of all, again, I think man of the house is a very offensive term and situation for these days. Now, women can make their own money, and by God, I hope they're spending their own money. If you want a Louboutin versus a Louboutin, there is a difference, guys, look it up. I got schooled, and I hope they're paying for it. I hope they work their asses off, they save up and they pay for it, rather than you just handing over the credit card and letting them get it. Let's not say don't spoil them, and I'm not saying, you know, don't treat your girl right, and I'm I'm old-fashioned, I like to buy the first date's dinner, I like to treat someone right, but I want it to be a reciprocal behavior. I want to get something out of it. No, I'm not talking about blowing in the parking lot, but it would be nice at least if they showed a little respect in return, or, you know, at least were honest, was like, hey, you know, this is great, and I'll, I'll pay for my half, because I don't see this working out. They're, they're not honest. Anyway, back to the mother-in-law thing you know they come in and they try and ruin everything for you and tell you so that's actually one of the situations I've always avoided everyone I've ever dated or you know considered settling down with they haven't had that situation to deal with uh usually they're estranged from their parents or their mom or they're out of state and I don't have to deal with them because I don't want another mother figure interjecting themselves into my life. Now, I'm not talking about my personal mother, uh, you know, with the wing over me and being overprotective and whatnot, but you all know who you are. And they're not even listening to this podcast, but I would say I have probably 10 mothers on Facebook. Uh, and they range from 10 years younger to me to 30 years older than me, where they're telling me what I should and shouldn't do, what they think I'm good enough for, who I should and shouldn't date, and all these things. So I'm getting mothered in every which direction by absolutely everyone because they all love me, and that's great and cool for them. But for me, I'm just sitting here thinking, I'm just going to do what's best for me. If I want to rod dog some chick I just met and never talk to her again the next day, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to go to church and meet up with some prude that I'm going to marry and have a bunch of kids with through a sheet and a hole because we're too embarrassed to fuck doggy style in the backyard. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to subject myself to something as stupid as dating what I think or what my family or these mother types think I should be dating. So this whole mother-in-law thing just baffles me. Like, how do you let that person come in and change your life, your lifestyle and your household. What are you afraid of? Why do we let these women take advantage of it? Now, somewhere out there, Al Bundy, the fictional character is sitting there in his no ma'am shirt with his hand down his pants and he's high fiving his buddy to this entire podcast. Like, yeah, yeah. Why do we allow that? I mean, just watch any show, any show and have it in the back of your mind. Every time a woman says something, ask yourself, why is she saying that? And why does she get to decide that? Because it's absolutely baffling. I mean, look at any comedy show, the wife has the say in the family. Why? Well, because she'll hopefully blow you or you get to have sex. When do you get to decide when you have sex? Why is that the contingency that they put over somebody's head? Or, oh, I'm sorry, it's that time of the month. You know what? I will jelly donut you in the fucking shower. It, calm down. They they just, they're gross, it's dirty. Ah, whatever, fuck it. Like, you know what? Get over it. I've found 90% of the women that I've dated like period sex. In fact, they're usually hornier on their period. So that's not an excuse. That's a lie. It's just societally, is that a word? Societalitarianistically unacceptable. I just made that up. Look at me. I could be a president. I made up my own fucking words. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it's ridiculous. And it just doesn't make any sense. You know, if I had a mail order bride or a trophy wife, I would expect them to be a bitch, and I would expect them to want to be pampered and let them get away with absolutely everything, but that's not the reality of the situation. I've always wanted to have a real relationship, and even with bar bitches and bargoyles as I usually call them, uh, they think they can run my life. Oh, you know what? I can't do it today because of my kids. Or you got to come help me with this. Because no, I'm not your damn babysitter. You're a single mom. That was your decision. For one reason or another, you decided to leave your husband. Because God knows how many husbands, we. I don't know many, that leave their wives. Um, it, it, If it is, it's probably because she's cheating, doing something stupid. But for the most part, it's women that have the... Uh, you know, desperate housewife moments and they want a little more out of life so they start doing dumb shit and think they can get away with it and then they'll still hold things over your head and make you feel guilty for no damn reason. You know, here's another example of women and I'll just throw this one out there because I don't even know or care who listens to the podcast but I have an aunt in my personal family that I think she's the damn patriarch of the entire family and it just boggles my mind How my grandma had seven kids, and each of those kids had multiples of their own kids, except for my mom, who only had me. Well, if you get it right the first time, why wouldn't you stop? Anyway, uh, if anyone in the family my grandma should have been the patriarch or matriarch of this family and do the decision-making... And that's not what happened. I have a particular aunt that thinks she got to run everything up until and after the day my grandma died. And then we finally got to realize we didn't have to fake it anymore and stop doing all these dumbass get-togethers. Because we wouldn't all really like each other. The only reason we did it was to get together for grandma's sake. And we only liked our own personal little families. Um, And I don't understand that. We all probably have that family member, and it's most likely going to be female. Someone that thinks they r- run your family and get to tell you what you get to do. Is it your wife's sister? Is it your sister? Is it your mom's sister? Is it your aunt? It should be your grandma. You know, th- there are, there's, now, as much hating as I'm doing on women, there are two women that you should love and respect. one of them is your mother, and one of them is your grandmother. Uh, That is the line in the chain of command, as far as I'm concerned, uh, because they gave birth to you. And whether or not uh, you've agreed with the things that they've done or disagreed with the things that they've done or done for you or suggested or whatnot, they're only looking out for your best interest because they are the only people that genuinely love you which is why people take it so hard when their mothers die. And I'm sure it's the fathers are the same way. You know, if I was a dad, I would understand that more. And if you have kids, you would probably do anything for your kids. But this isn't about that. I'm not saying don't respect your your male figures in your life, too, because we're not talking about them, because generally we're just dumb dipshits that have to follow everything that our women tell us what to do. But for the most part your mothers and your grandmothers usually aren't the problem. Now, you would think I would say the mother of your child or your wife. Your wife, your girlfriend, mother of your child, your baby mama, whatever the fuck you want to call her, hopefully she ain't spraying Gorilla Glue on her hair and giving herself a new weave or a hair mat, but uh, why wouldn't they deserve the same respect that your own mother or your grandmother should get. I'll tell you why is because their number one priority is no longer you. Once you have a kid, you become second fiddle and you become forgotten the minute you have a kid. Um, and I, I don't know if you realize this. I mean, I, I, I hope that this isn't a shock, but it's the same thing where people are like, Oh, we're married. We don't have sex anymore. Well, in my case, we wouldn't be married if we weren't having sex anymore. I think that should be an ongoing thing that doesn't change. I don't understand why married couples, why, you get bored with each other? What, you can't shave? You can't manscape? You can't take care of yourselves? I I just don't get it. Um, so I, w- I want people to start questioning and asking why they're allowing these things to happen because you have a say in your own life. and. Another thing is now the next segment is female bosses. Why are they the absolute worst? I probably mentioned this before, and I say it again all the time. I hate blondes. I absolutely hate them. My preferred type is bitchy, uh, which is usually Italian or, or Hispanic or Latin in some way. So I like dark haired, olive skin type women. Uh if they're a little gothy, bonus. That's great. You know, occasionally I like the dark haired, milky skinned Elvira types that are secretly redheads that just can't admit it. Like we all know, you know, got a soul, calm down. You know, I'm a redhead. I had to buy a soul. It's a Kia. It's sitting in my garage right now. Um but I hate blondes. They're needy. They're power hungry. They're louder than all the rest of the women. And no matter what their horoscope is, they're always a bitch for no goddamn reason. They think the world revolves around them like a flat world theory frisbee around their damn head like a halo. They just absolutely think the whole world... Now, that segues into what I was saying I was going to talk about next is the female bosses. The worst job experiences I have ever had have all been blonde female bosses. I worked for one that uh, I worked at the same place my mom did, and this raging bitch, who absolutely didn't have a relationship because she was too fat and ugly to have one and too greedy and power hungry. She's one of those CFO types that doesn't own the business but wish she does, and then she runs the whole place like a general manager, and she's just an absolute cunt to everyone. And she ran my mom into the ground, made her cry weekly, if not daily. And when I started working there, she tried the same bullshit on me, and I just didn't react to it. And she hated that. She wanted to feed off of the negative reactions. And the only way she could get rid of me is to start spying on me. I would take my lunch breaks, and at the time, texting wasn't a real big deal Uh, or even a thing, I don't think. So I was on the phone talking to someone and I made mention in a private conversation out of earshot on a break. I had said, well, this really isn't my kind of work. I'm just here temporarily until I, you know, work on my music or my art because that's where my passion is. Because I was talking to someone that I was courting and trying to date and I didn't want her to think that I was just going to be You know, stuck in the dead end job that I was, that I was looking to, you know, better myself and better my talents. And immediately walking back in, I get paged and told to come into the office, and I get fired. That was her. That was her out. She, she heard me talking ill of the company, and said that if this isn't my priority, that I don't need to be there. And I said exactly how I. Introed that segment. I told her that was a private conversation on my own time. I didn't say I was quitting or leaving or badmouthing the company. I said this just isn't my career choice. It's a temporary job. So she decided to end it, so that she could be the one in power, and say ha ha. Well, I ended it for you because she's one of those bitches that don't want someone else to get the upper hand. And that's not to say I wasn't going to give my two weeks but you know she didn't she just didn't like me she was using any excuse whatsoever to get rid of me that was her excuse so i got fired and the next instance of a blonde boss was uh at, at the bunny ranch and this one i'll call out by name Mad- madam suzette you're a bitch and a cunt and i hate your fucking guts i don't like what you did to dennis hoff i don't like what you did to uh all of the women that worked there and i don't like what you did to me uh and th- The reason I'm calling her out by name is because uh, when Dennis's health started failing, he had run the Bunny Ranch like the Playboy Club, where we could still have fun with the girls, we'd have our cigars, even the staff. You know, it was very few male staff that weren't gay that were allowed to work there because, you know, number one rule with any red light district for as far as history has ever been with hookers is you don't sleep with the girls. That's stealing the product. And I was fortunate enough to be one of the only trusted male straight employees to work there. But Dennis would throw me his girlfriends or he would even uh, allow me to date some of the girls just because he liked me. He saw a lot of potential in me. He even gave me the strip club to manage at one point, uh, which before that was the final straw that I had left because Suzette had just interjected too much of herself. So as Dennis's health started failing, he started slowly but surely signing over the paperwork and everything to Suzette, who had never been in this business before. She was a fucking dealer in Tahoe. Uh, and I'm not talking drugs. I'm talking like blackjack. Uh, and I, I feel a madam of a brothel should have been a working girl. I think Air Force Amy is most likely going to be one of the best uh, madams ever if she decides to continue in the business. Uh, because she's smart, she's got a lot of great advice, and I really, really enjoyed talking with her and learning from her. Uh, Suzette's just a cunt. I absolutely hate her. Uh, she wanted to get rid of me because I was straight, because I was male, because she saw too much of Dennis and me as well, and she didn't want me to have any authority and power. In fact, a couple of his girlfriends had actually said that Dennis had put me in part of his will, uh, I don't know if that meant that I was going to get part of property or a higher position or a sum of money, it doesn't matter, because I I left the company before he had passed and before it got to that point, uh, so this was afterward, after the effect, I had heard some of these things. But um, Suzette just, oh, you know, it, it's going to make me sound like a bad guy, but she tried to run the place like a business, which it's really hard to do when everyone's running around naked. And part of the fun in bringing customers back is to let some things slide, let the girls get away with some things. Uh, One of the big things was uh, sympathy sex. The girls had to get fucked or fuck someone, either their boyfriend or me or someone else to get their rocks off because all day long they're getting someone else off. So you have a lot of pent up frustration and that's something you don't understand if you're not in the adult industry. And so... Suzette put the kibosh on that. She started saying, no more boyfriends, no more husbands. None of them can visit you at work. You're not allowed to leave. When you're here for your two weeks, you can't leave. And we had drivers that were supposed to follow them around and keep tabs on them. I know because I was one of them. And when I first started, that's what I had to do. I had to follow them on their dates to Tahoe. So if you've ever had an escort, just know that I was 10 feet behind you at every single moment. And the girl was never in danger. Um... And they started doing that on their own employees, you know, and Carson City's a small town. So when I go out drinking on my night off, obviously other people are going to be out, other employees, other working girls, even uh, conflicting uh, properties, you know, the competition, they'll be out. And when one of their spies comes out and see you fraternizing, they're going to call your shit. And Suzette threatened to fire me constantly, constantly. Well, you can't take so-and-so drunk. Uh, home. And I said, no, that's literally what I did because they were too drunk. Would you rather them had a DUI? She passed out in the car. I had to carry her in and throw her on the couch. Well, it doesn't matter. It's, do you want to do the dishes around here because she's the door girl and she has to blah, 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 blah. No, I took care of a fellow employee because they got too drunk at our local bar. Uh, it, it, does it mean I fucked her? No, that's none of your goddamn business. But no, I didn't. And uh, it's just stupid shit like that. She just... She had it out for me because she wanted her little gay best friend, her little gay buddy to run the whole place. And she wanted every straight male out of there. If you weren't on drugs or under her thumb, she didn't like you. And I wasn't able to be molded or, uh, changed. So she made my life live in hell so much so that when I started taking over on the strip club side, she, uh, was throwing me under the bus for absolutely everything. And we couldn't pass our uh, uh, health inspection. So I just, you know, let the health inspector mess around with one of my girls and we miraculously passed. But we had hole in the floor. I could see the, f- these are trailers that are duct taped together with, you know, MacGyvered together with tampons and duct tape. And uh, the, the number one rule in a brothel is you're not allowed to have candles because they could go up in a flame uh, at any given moment. Uh, You have to smoke outside because they're so uh, prone to catching on fire. But I actually, behind my bar, had a hole in the trailer to the floor that I could see gravel because the mold had rotted the place out so much. No wonder we didn't pass our health inspection. I had expired beer. They told me that was my fault, even though I'd only taken over a week previous, and it was the previous manager's fault. Well, they had a... Another gay guy who hadn't been taking care of the place who had started befriending me and because he was friends with me, they pushed him out. Dennis put me in that position and the only way I could get the position is if her little gay buddy was my co-manager. There's no such thing as a co-manager. It's either manager and assistant manager or supervisor and GM. There's no such thing as co-managers. Somebody has to have the final say over somebody else. And that's not what happened. She just basically wanted to make sure all the decision was done by her little gay friend and her spy. Uh, And then it came to a point where I decided this wasn't going to be for me. I I had to get out of there. It just wasn't my bag anymore. And the final straw was I got a call from BMI. And that's the, uh, the music company. It's like ASCAP, people that protect the artist's rights. And they called me during working hours, said that they could hear music in the background that I hadn't paid a performance fee for, which if you own a bar, that's why a lot of bars have jukeboxes, is because that pays the fee for the privilege of hearing that song. Uh, The bar can't just throw on a radio station. That's why it's always Sirius XM or the Playlist or whatnot, because they've purchased that. So, turns out, they've never paid their performance fees. They blamed it on me because they put it in my name and they started coming after me and my music career because the Bunny Ranch hadn't paid their performance rights, which they didn't. They downloaded everything. The little gay uh, buddy of hers was showing all the girls how to download the MP3s and torrent them for free and then hack them and put them on our uh, automated uh, DJ system. So no, we didn't pay for any of those things. But... When I took over as manager, I didn't know that was something that I was supposed to be responsible for. Well, they, because they were the business owners, threw, the, threw me under the bus and said, well, it's our manager's fault. He should have been up on that, and I got threatened with that with a fine. And my uh, union and membership in the music industry would have been damaged if I didn't pay that fine. So I said, fuck you, and I quit. And then the next blonde boss, the next worst job scenario I had, was down here at a biker bar here in uh, Vegas. World famous biker bar. I'm sure you can figure out which one. Uh, The boss was just an absolute raving bitch. She was constantly on drugs And if you weren't on drugs or one of her little prison thugs or MC warriors, uh, she didn't trust you. So I won't lie. I even tried getting to be a part of that whole one percenter crowd and uh, doing the drugs, getting drunk and getting fucked up just like all the girls. And I mean, how the hell do you expect them to do that kind of job and do 15 to 30 shots a night? Obviously, there's some blow going on. And uh, she was another one, don't take the girls, don't fuck the girls, don't shit where you eat, And uh, but here, oh, you can't drive home? Here, Here's a couple of bumps to get you home. Like, it's just fucking ridiculous. And she's just a a power-hungry bitch that had to control you in every single way. And that's a whole podcast on itself because there's a lot of things that I've mentioned. I could do a whole string of podcasts on stories from the Bunny Ranch Stories from the biker bars and uh, the bar scene down here in Vegas and all that. But keeping with the theme of this particular episode, uh, once I start to see women step out of line, and yeah, I keep my pimp hands strong and I won't be taken advantage of, I'll quit. I'll walk away. I do not feel a woman should be subservient. I do not feel they should be a slave to a man, and I feel they should live their own life. So much so that I feel they should make their own money, have their own job, their own house. If they're a single mom, they should take care of their own damn kids, not rely on you. And you should look for somebody to compliment your life rather than someone you're dependent on to continue your life. Uh, and that's just not what happens. They're codependent breeders that want all your money and they can hold it over your head that they can, uh, fuck you over instead of fucking you, take your kids from you and then charge you for alimony and child support and you'll be bankrupt and dead. You know, it's fucking ridiculous. So again, why do we let women do this to us? Why do we let people take advantage Even if it is your grandma or your mom that try and guilt you into doing something you don't want to do, if you're not standing up for yourself, they're always going to do it. Respect them and love them, but don't let women take advantage of you. So I'll wrap this up by just pointing out a few things from history. There's a lot of stereotypes and there's a lot of stereotypes out there for good reason, but generally speaking, women have always fucked us over. Um, I tend to believe the story of Adam and Eve. I don't think there was a magic apple or a talking snake, but I really believe that there was probably some woman that fucked it up for the rest of us, and that's why we're not living in Eden right now. Medusa, another fictional character, uh, where she turned men to stone with her gaze. What do you think that means? Obviously, it's a euphemism for uh, getting an erection because of their sly and, uh, you know lustful ways women have always been pegged as creatures that take advantage of you by using sex or devious lustful ways to take advantage of weak-willed men and then they laugh about it and then they get what they want and they toss you away like a you know crumpled kleenex i was gonna say a few things probably even worse but i don't want you to you know puke uh, it just baffles me that even with these fictional characters that we've let women get away with these things It it's just it's absolutely crazy and you know what's weird? there's not a whole lot of female serial killers think about that one why? because women have always got away with it I think one of the uh most realistic portrayals of women out there is probably Lilith, uh, the mother, the queen of all vampires, because she makes no qualms about who she is, what she is, what she's doing. And she takes advantage of men, sucks them dry of blood. And, uh, it's just, at least she's honest. At least she didn't come home and fault you for something you didn't do or wake up and been like, Hey, I this dream you did this. Fuck off. God. Well, that's the moral of this story. Don't let women take advantage of you. I don't know why they're so damn disagreeable, why they think they get everything their way, but you know what's funny? If you're a dick to them, they'll probably kiss your ass. I will never understand that. I've had more women in relationships last longer because I treated them like shit. Go figure that one out. I'm Jason Wolf. That's enough for this week. I'm an asshole and don't get taken advantage of.